0: You know you can if i can do it you can do it i never ran before and i started later and i tell them what i did and how i started so a lot of times that they're like okay well if you did it then i'm sure i can do it can you help me
1: Ladies and gentlemen, start your engines. Hey, it's your host, Jason Dennis here for the Run the Race podcast. You know us for uh, talking about faith and fitness on a on a pretty regular basis here, and so thank you so much uh, for, for being with us. There's a lot of, uh, you know, choices for podcasts out there these days, and we are now starting the month of October. Hope you are doing well, and this is episode uh, number 83, I believe, and we've got a great guest for you, if, whether you're a runner or a non-runner or a wannabe runner, um, know some who is this? Is going to be a, a great uh, you know episode for you to listen to uh, because we're going to be going the distance, literally. In fact, later in this episode, you're going to hear me sing a little bit of a song that you know kind of has to do with running. A song called "The Distance" by Cake, a great song from the '90s. Uh, you know, uh, kind of a, a rap pop song. Uh, but before that, we have a great chat with um, a new friend of mine, somebody who I just met a few days ago here at the Fort Benning, Columbus area. Pam Howe who is, uh, you know, I, I met up with her at the finish line of the Georgia Run for the Fallen, the third annual run, where they, they go about 164 miles all through uh, different parts of the Peach State. They started in Milledgeville at a Georgia memorial, and they ended uh, here in Columbus, Georgia, at the National Infantry Museum, uh, which is uh, next to uh, Fort Benning. And so uh, here, here's a little bit of sound. I was there on the ground with them as they ran their last uh, few miles. And uh, so here's kind of what it Sounded like as they were chanting and running, and uh, then they they do a mile marker every single mile they stop and they pay tribute to several uh, heroes that have passed away uh, for their military service uh, and, and and serving for our country, making the ultimate sacrifice. And there's gold star families there with them, and uh, so in the, throughout this uh, three day adventure of running all these miles. They're actually honoring almost 800 military service men and women who have passed away uh, during service in the last uh, 21 years since October of 2020. So here's a quick listen to kind of what it was like on the ground for the finish of that race with with Pam and her crew. How do we run? We, we run. run as one. one. Why do we run? Because because we can. How do we run? We, we run. run as one. one. Why do we run? Because because we can. How do we run? We run. run as one. This here marker. Dedicated to these Georgia military service members who lost their lives in service to our nation. Day three, year marker 198. Specialist Frederick Jenkins III, July 6, 2015, United States Army. Please continue to keep the
0: Run for the Fallen in your prayers and hands as they continue this great mission that they do.
1: So it was really exciting to be there, very emotional, very humbling because you know it's running and doing something for a purpose that's bigger than you. Uh and uh you know really important it's 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 not, you know, not just about the number of miles are running but but who they're running them for and these uh these parents and siblings and family members and loved ones of, of men and women who uh, passed away, killed in action, or died uh, while serving our nation over the last two decades. We definitely salute them. And uh, Pam Howe has connections to the military as well, our guest for this week for Run the Race. In fact, she's the proud mom of a Marine who, uh, who's been uh, serving our country for the last 15 years. Now, uh, what's very interesting is she started running at the age of 50. So, you know, never too late, folks. And uh, She talks a little bit about that. Uh, She did a lot of walking before then, uh, but she is now an accountant by day, but also is the uh, co-owner of a run specialty store in the Savannah, Georgia area called How to Run. That's H-O-W-E, the number two, and then run. She's the CFO there in coastal Georgia. Um, She uh, has run a lot of marathons. In fact, she's run the Boston Marathon several times. She's run Big Sur Marathon in California. She's running Chicago Marathon. It will be her 15th time doing 26.2 miles. That'll be uh, uh, in just a couple of days, in fact. She is also an RRCA and USATF trained running coach. So she helps a lot of folks out. She's got some advice for us today in terms of uh, training and preventing injuries and nutrition. Uh, she's also an athlete ambassador for Generation UCAN. Uh, she loves to, to run happy. Uh, so important. Now, now, she actually, you know, like I talked about. She ran her first marathon at age 50, and this was just eight months after running her first ever 5K. So a pretty quick step up there for sure. She leads some uh, weekly run groups uh, that are affectionately called Pacing with Pam. When she's not running, she enjoys doing yoga, cycling, and spending time with her family. She's also the deputy chapter captain for Team RWB. That's red, white, and blue. You've heard me talk about before that I'm involved in. That's in the Savannah and uh, Fort Stewart areas. So uh, without further ado, here's my conversation with Pamela Howe. So I would like to welcome uh, Pam Howe to our Run the Race podcast. Uh, thank you so much for joining us from uh, near Savannah, right?
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: I yeah. We got to meet in person just a few days ago at the uh, run for the Fallen for Georgia, the finish line at the National Infantry Museum just outside of Fort Benning. Um, so, uh, so are you recovering? Because you ran uh, you know, a little bit over the, over the course of the last three days, right?
0: I feel fine. I feel fine. Um, I took it easy because I'm tapering right now. I mean, if it was a normal year for that run, I probably would have run a lot more miles. But I tried to take it easy this time because I'm tapering to run the Chicago Marathon next weekend. So I told them from the start when I got, I agreed to do the run, which I'm, I'm going to do it forever as long as my body will let me. But I said this year I'm not running as many miles as I did last year. I'm only running 10 to 15 a day. I'm tapering. I can't do so many. And we had plenty of runners, so it was no problem at all.
1: So. Yeah. We're going to talk uh, about, you know, you uh, being a running coach and working at a running specialty store. And you have a lot you know, to say about injuries. Nutrition and how you got into running, but I did want to start kind of with you know um, this Run for the Fallen uh, that you know, happens in Georgia, started in Milledgeville, um, and then two and a half days later you you end at the memorial, and the 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 whole point is to honor the nearly 800 uh, lives lost in service to our country in Georgia alone in the last 20 years. So for you, obviously, you know you you love running, and but what does it mean to you to to do something for a cause, especially? Like a military cause like this, where you're getting face, face, you know, every mile almost with some Gold Star families in this instance, right?
0: Well, I got involved with it because I'm a member of Team Red, White, and Team RWB here in Savannah, the Fort Stewart Savannah chapter. I'm the deputy chapter captain for Team RWB. Um, I have a lot of um, military history in my family. My dad was a Korean War veteran, my, my brother served in the Navy. My prior husband served 20 years in the Army. So I was a military spouse for many, many, many years. And now my son has been in the Marine Corps for 15 years. Um, So I'm real active with RWB. And they asked us three years ago for the first run for the Fallen. um, We need three runners. They're asking us to send three runners for this run. You're going to run for three days. Honor Fallen Heroes. I had no idea what it was all about. All I knew, I couldn't run miles. And I'm all about supporting a military mission like this. I didn't know what I was getting into, really, but in the details. And so three of us from Savannah went up there. And right from the beginning, I mean, I knew this was the place for me. I mean, everybody just bonded as family. And when I found out exactly what we were doing, I said, wow, I mean, this is I'm here for a reason, you know, I'm here to support these gold star families. We have gold star families right here in Richmond Hill. Um, And when I found out exactly what it was, I didn't know we were gonna be stopping every mile. I thought it was like the race, like run across Georgia where you're just going from one side to the other, but we stop every single mile and do that ceremony and honor those heroes that have fallen. And we're doing this for their families we need to say their names we want to make sure that their names are not going to go unspoken for the rest of the you know for the rest of time they fell for us you know they their li- they lost their lives and their families lost their loved ones and our families really need to hear their names spoken. So we do this ceremony at every single mile marker. Some we have Gold Star families out there, some we don't, but it's all live streamed, the entire thing. Anybody, anywhere can see exactly what we're doing. And it just, it was so meaningful to me to be able to support the Gold Star families. And. We did it the first year and I I promise I'm going to keep going back and last year it was an abbreviated version because we only could do it for one day. A lot of the counties didn't want us going through there because of COVID. We didn't want to stuff everybody in the RVs and all that. So we got the mission complete last year, but it just wasn't the whole experience. But we were real happy to be back there again this year.
1: Yeah, it was great to see you guys doing that. And you had the Patriot Riders supporting you and the Gold Star families there when I I was out there with you, you know, a few days ago. So, you know, tell me about, you know, I saw you carrying a flag, you were in the front of about a dozen or 15 runners, uh, kind of the core group that kind of split some of those miles up. So what what, emotional for you, obviously having your military connections, but carrying that flag, running kind of mile after mile, I, I imagine it's much different than like a typical race that you would do.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. It, we carry four different flags. We carry the American flag. We carry the state flag and we carry the honor and remember flag. And that's the important flag. If we were to only have one flag out there, if we only had one runner out there, the honor and remember flag is the most important flag that's in that group of flags. And then we also carry That is the one that's for the, the fallen military. And then we also carry an honor and sacrifice flag. And that, the meaning of that one is to honor our fallen first responders. So the the American flag is the pace setter, Uh, but the honor and remember flag is the most important flag that's in that group of flags. Um, And just to be able to carry those flags and just to be proud and just drive going down the road, carrying those flags and all the cars that go by that wave at us and give us a thumbs up and tell us thank you, beep their horns, you know? And I mean, it's, it's so moving. It, it means so much to us that people appreciate what we're doing. I mean, we're out there blocking traffic and we get lines of cars behind us and they get really upset at us for slowing them down sometimes. But once they pass us and they see what we're doing and they read the banner on the side of our RVs that tells people what we're doing, I think they really feel like idiots that they might have gotten upset at us for slowing them down a little bit because then they realize that we're doing something really important.
1: Yeah, 160 miles, the run for the fall and it happens in I think about 20 different states, including in Georgia. So thank you guys for doing that. I mean, it really means a lot to these, especially being you know, on these gold star families and, yes. and you as well and and kind of kind of going back in time a little bit um you know you um you know some people think that hey it's too late for me to get started you know right or too late for me to get started running going to the gym or something like that and you know we were talking you know like that you started running at the age of 50 and um so maybe that's the non-traditional route maybe you know people i started running at age 37 so that's considered maybe late as well so what um Kind of going back, why, um, I guess, why do that? Because people think, well, man, you, you know, um, if you didn't have that experience before, you know, why, why do it now?
0: I mean, I've always had a need to stay fit. I mean, I've just always wanted to stay fit. And I go through different phases, you know, throughout my life, I've gone through different phases, but I was never a runner. I think all the times that I did try to run, I tried to run too far or too fast and it hurt and it was just miserable. And so I quit. You know, so, I, you know, go to the gym, do aerobics, you know, do some kind of group fitness training, that kind of thing. Um, But for many, many, many years, I walked. I when I got a puppy, that puppy got walked every single day. So we had our little route around our neighborhood and and I started walking with some of my neighbors. And once my neighbors all moved away or had babies or decided they didn't want to walk anymore, my dog got too old. I'm still walking my little two-mile route, and I thought, well, maybe I can just get this done quicker, and maybe I'll burn a few more calories if I try to run. Let me give this thing a try again. So what I did, not knowing that I was doing the perfect thing to teach myself how to run, I would run from one light pole to the next, and then walk a light pole, run a light pole, walk a light pole, and I did this all the way around my little block in my neighborhood. Well, that's not so bad. So... Then I'd walk two light poles and or run two light poles and walk one. And I would just gradually build it up. And eventually I could run all the way around the block. And I was just like, wow, this is pretty neat. I can run two miles. And then I decided to try and run two blocks, two times around the block. And I was talking to my son Monday, the Marine. And he said, mom, you should run a race. And I said, I ran 4.2 miles. He said, go run a race. I'm like, yeah, right, a race, Jeremy. Why do I want to pay somebody to go run? I can run for free in my neighborhood. And he's like, mom, it's for charity. And I said, oh, I guess I never thought about it that way. I've never been to a 5K, let alone run one. So here I go running a 5K. And I absolutely loved it. It was a St. Patrick's Day 5K, the Shamrock Run here in Savannah. I absolutely loved it. I had a great time with some friends. My husband came down with a dog all dressed in green. And uh, I had a great time and I said, wow, I was enjoyable. I wanna do it again. So I went from 5K, I'll give you the abbreviated version, but from 5K to 10K to half marathon by, that was March. So by August, I ran my first half marathon. And then by November, I ran the, the uh, Savannah Rock and Roll Marathon. So from March to November, I, re- I went from a 5K to full marathon. <laughs>
1: Wow, that's that's pretty pretty quick, you know. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> so, and that one, I mean, the first one, I actually ran I did a run walk interval. I was running with some some girlfriends, and and they'll they run, but when they do the marathon the, for that distance, they'll they'll run a half marathon. But when they were doing the marathon training, they so said, "We're going to do walk run interval." So we set up our little timers and walked when it beeped and ran when it beeped. And they're like, "You can do this! You can do this!" and I told my husband, he's like, oh, no, that's too many miles. I don't want you to get hurt. You need to stick to half marathon because I think I had run two half marathons by then. And I was registered for the rock and roll half marathon that weekend. And they said, you can change to the full marathon at the expo. Come on, just come run with us. You know, we're going to take it easy. So silly me. I changed to the full marathon. I finished it. I I felt, I mean, it hurt, but I was like, wow, I was just so exciting. I cried when I crossed the finish line, you know, I jumped up and down, hugged the lady that gave me my medal, cried. I said, now I want to really train for one. I want to run another one and I want to really train because we just went out and we ran. You know, I never followed a plan. We just built our mileage up. So I had heard good things about the Marine Corps Marathon and my son being a Marine. That's what I set my sights on. So that was November of 2013 and the lottery for marathon opened, I think maybe February or something like that. So I said, well, I'll, I'll enter the lottery. If I get in, it was meant to be, if I don't get in, then I'll find something else to train for. Wouldn't you know I get in the lottery. So I'm like, "Oh, now I have to really train. (laughs) So I found a plan that I really like and I, I trained hard. I trained, you know, I followed that plan specifically and I had a goal in mind. And I mean, and being the age that I was, I was 50 that year. I said, you know, I'm, I had a four hour Boston qualifying time. So I was like, let me see what I can do here. So I set a goal for 345. So I qualified for Boston and I ran it in 344.21. No, three forty four twenty five. I still got the picture on the or my little certificate on the wall. So I ran it <laughs> three forty four twenty five, so I qualified for Boston by over fifteen minutes. And wow. so then I set my sights on bigger things. So I've run Boston four times, New York twice. Um, yeah, a bunch. I'm am working on number fifteen here next week at Chicago. So wow, it'll be so your fifty. 50- I fell in love years. with it. Yeah. <laughs> I just fell in love with the, the, the fitness. I fell in love with the community. Um, that's what was so important to me. was that was, there were was so many people in the area that were runners, you know, and there's this run club and this run store and this little group of people that run over here. Come run with us. We're going to go on a, you know a, a runcation and we're going to go run a half marathon in Florida. Come with us. We're going to Myrtle Beach. Come with us. And once I got involved with so many people and groups and had so much support, um, it just became a, a way of life. So that's what that, and so that's where we ended up. It's just you know, we've been, just so many different people in the community supported me. And my running and so many people helped me get as far as I did that I just fell in love with it. And that's kind of where, how we ended up opening the running store.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. So. You were talking about opening the running store. I want to get to that in just a little bit, but, um, yeah. I, I, you know, behind you, you've got all medals so um you know uh, you started like you know eight years ago or nine years ago kind of really kind of getting more serious about running a marathon so any kind of goal you have right now in terms of like number of marathons or any certain ones or ultras or anything like a kind of long-term goal perhaps
0: i would love to run all of the majors uh, all of the world majors so chicago will be number three so london tokyo and berlin are on my bucket list so I mean, they might be like down the road a ways during retirement, so I can actually enjoy a lot of time away to enjoy the vacation that goes along with it too. Um, I mean, I know you are doing the 50 states. I don't really have that goal. Um, I want to travel. I want, you know, I've run, you know, Boston multiple times. I don't want to do that anymore. You know, I'm (laughs) done with that. I want to go other places, you know, and, you know, I've run New York twice. I probably would go back to run New York if I went with other people that are, you know, local people that were going as a group. I think I would enjoy that again. That's my favorite. So I probably would go back. Um, But I just want to travel. I might like to go to Hawaii and run a race out there. My daughter just moved to Los Angeles. So I might get out that way and run out that way that kind of thing but just I just want to go different places I don't want to just do the local races um and then when it comes to ultras I you know I have no desire to do a hundred miler or anything like that um the longest I've done was a 39.3 we did a triple half here um uh, we have a it's pretty local it's in South Carolina um and actually this past January, I was originally registered to run the full marathon and I was helping another friend train for a marathon. So I was running at her pace. I was trying to coach her and help her set up personal record. So I kind of backed off my training to help her and just kind of take a break because prior to that, I had run Boston and Big Sur and I said, I need a I need a break. You know, I just want to run easy for a bit. I don't want to kill myself training. It's time for a little bit of a, a reprieve. So by the time that the the marathon came around in January, I just didn't feel like I was fit enough to run a fast marathon that I would be happy with. Friends said, well, then drop down to the half. I'm not going to be happy with that neither. I, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to run it at the pace that I was running before because I've been running easy. So then... And I said, well, let me just go the other direction. I'll just do the ultra. So it was three laps. It was a half marathon course that we did three times. So I, I did that, and that was my first ultra. And yeah. I did one other one since that. So, I mean, I I'll, I'll might sprinkle them in here and there, but nothing that I'm concerned about setting any records on when it comes to pace. I just want to enjoy them.
1: So. Yeah. You were talking about coaching and pacing others. I know you're an RRCA certified running coach and work with a lot of you know runners in the Savannah, Georgia area. So you know, um, well, kind of a two part question. One, you know, um, how would somebody know if they need a coach if they can afford that? And two, you know what does it uh, do for you in terms of like you know in terms of being able to help folks out? Maybe in a position that you were in you know less than ten years ago. <laughs>
0: When it when somebody does a lot of times because I'm so um, vocal <laughs> in the community. I mean, uh, my face is everywhere. I'm all over the place in the community, and I think because you know I started running when I did. Um, there's a lot of people that really admire that. Um, there's a lot of people that say I could never do what you do. So. I use those comments as ways to encourage other people and tell them, yes, you can do it. You know, you can, if I can do it, you can do it. I never ran before and I started later and I tell them what I did and how I started. So a lot of times that they're like, okay, well, if you did it, then I'm sure I can do it. Can you help me? So that's kind of how I got started with that. I was leading some, just some little run groups in the area. And then, you know, people would just come just for fun runs, that kind of thing. And I thought, well, it would make more sense if I'm certified when I'm leading a run group. So if somebody has questions to ask, I can answer them correctly and not just this is what I did. Maybe I didn't do something right. You know, I know when I first started running, I know my form was awful. So, (laughs) you know, I, once I learned how to run properly and run injury free, um, That's another thing, you know, people will come to me, Hey, can you coach me? Can you give me some tips on form? That kind of thing. I don't do a whole lot of um, race preparation kind of coaching. Um, I do more bits and pieces, more of advice kind of thing at this point. I mean, I have done a lot of race run plans, you know, for marathons and things of that sort. Um, But We have somebody that helps us out at the store that does more of that, that can stay on top of following up with people every day, every day. How did your training go? Give me your stats, that kind of thing. Um, So I'm more of the, the 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 overall kind of, you know, I'll give you some advice. Let me watch you run. Let's do this kind of thing, you know, and I like to actually run with people. Mm-hmm. So like my friend that wanted that was getting ready to run another marathon and she had a goal. She wanted to set a new record. I'm like, well, I want to do it with you. You know, I I prefer to be out there and help them and support them and push them and help them run their paces that they need to tell them, you know, and, and I'll put the plan together, you know, this is the day we're going to do speed work. This is the day we're going to do a tempo run. This is the day we're going to do a long run, but I'm doing it with you. And that's what I enjoy uh, to do. Um, so, I mean, I have a few people that I've written plans for just to get them through a race or to get them to a goal, that kind of thing. But I'm more of a people person, not the paper person and looking at the stats on the garment kind of thing. So that's what I enjoy.
1: Yeah. And I know as the run specialty store, uh, how to run, that's H-O-W-E, your last name and the number two run. So uh, was this something, uh, this is you and your husband uh, have yeah. uh, created? Uh, so, mm-hmm.
0: Yep. <clears throat> so my husband and I started the store and actually where we are right now is our second location. Uh-huh. Um We opened, we opened our first location in Hinesville, Georgia, and eight days after our ribbon cutting, we lost it to a fire. So everything was gone. So we had to find a new location and, and totally start from scratch, do another build out. I mean, my husband built that store with his bare hands and did all of the build out himself and, um, the store next door to us, the buildings were attached And, um, somebody robbed that store and set it on fire. So everything that we had was lost as well. Um, so we were like, okay, let's start over. We were open for three weeks. We had a soft opening for a couple of weeks. We had our ribbon cutting and then get a phone call at two o'clock in the morning that the store's on fire. So, so we, we moved closer to Savannah.
1: So, I mean, that's, that's a tough situation in terms of the way, start your business as a running store. But now, you know, you guys are, are um, often running, I guess you could say. And <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, what's it like, you know, obviously, you're able to coach folks and, and something, you know, where you, you know, kind of can spread your passion that you've had for the last seven or eight years. I mean, what what are folks most interested in learning about? whether they come into the running store or maybe talk to you in, uh, on group runs, that kind of thing. What are some things that people are um, most want to learn or they just don't know about when it comes to this, this sport?
0: Um, I think what's most important that a lot of people really need to understand is that they use proper form. And um, so that is one of the things when people come in for a fitting Um, So we do a specialized fit process where we evaluate each individual person. Somebody might come into the store and say, I want a certain brand of shoe. And -and so-and-so told me I need to wear this kind of shoe. Well, no, we're going to evaluate your feet, your arches, the shape of your foot, your hip strength, your, your ankle strength, various things. We do various physical tests to see where your strengths and weaknesses are. Put a couple different kinds of shoes on your feet and then put on the put that person on the treadmill to check the run form is that shoe working for them how does it feel on that person they run on the floor they run on the treadmill um they have the ultimate decision as to what shoe they like um but we'll give them several ideas of shoes that are good for them um, and in that process when they're on the treadmill um we can give them pointers on their form you know Ways to stay injury free, and that's what's important is trying to help everybody stay injury free. And a lot of people will come in there because they have injuries. Oh well, I have shin splints, or I got this going on in my calf, or I got this going on in my t-band. What can you do for me? And we are trained enough in the store that we can give good physical therapy advice, show them proper recovery techniques, proper physical therapy. strengthening exercises, um, in order to strengthen the hips or strengthen the quads. Or, I mean, a lot of us, I mean, our problems in our glutes, we have weak glutes, you know, so, um, so we, that's what we enjoy. And that's what a lot of people do come to us for. And then once they leave and they, you know, my, my husband, I'll put them through a little torture with a trigger point ball in the calf, um, <laughs> Trying to, you know, tell you, okay, your plantar fasciitis is not a problem that you have with the bottom of your foot. It's with your calf. You need to work these calves. You got fascia buildup in your calf and it goes all the way down to the bottom of your foot. So this is what you need to do to help get rid of that pain in the bottom of your foot, that kind of thing. So a lot of people, you know, once they come in and they get that really specialized fit and treatment, then they're they're just so grateful that they can recover. Um, or And then, you know, we'll do some training with proper form, that kind of thing. We have group runs. So we have a group run every Wednesday night. We have a group run every Sunday morning. So we encourage people of all levels to come out. And if somebody wants advice, I'm not going to give unsolicited advice. I'm not going to go up to somebody and say, hey, you got terrible run form, <laughs> unless they ask for it. You know, I mean, that's the whole idea. People come to us to get advice. People come to us to get you know, um, you know, what do I do now? You know, I've been walking, I've been, you know, I'm just starting to run. Tell me, how can I be like you, you know, how can I go from not running at all to running a marathon? I mean, not that they want to run one in a year, but you know, but what's your secret, you know, how do you stay injury free, you know, knock on wood. I mean, I've been really, really lucky, um, that I haven't had any injuries that have put me down other than from a fall. And yeah. so, um, so so that's a lot of it. Is the 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 proper form, proper technique, and and getting proper recovery tools in order to maintain good health.
1: Yeah. Um, so and
0: that's. It, good.
1: And it could be you know maybe this could be the case with experienced runners um, long distance runners or maybe a brand new runner, kind of like, you know, um, the situation you were in where you started off and you were running either, you know, maybe a little too far or especially maybe too fast and it it hurts and you don't like to do it anymore. Do you find that that is an issue that a lot of, you know, new or even maybe experienced runners that, that is too far or too fast kind of deal?
0: Oh, absolutely. I see it all the time, you know, and, and when i mean a lot of us use a very similar training plan um, i kind of discovered it a few years ago and i've stuck to it from day 1 it's called the hansen's marathon method works all the time worked perfectly if you follow the plan it works a lot of people don't understand that you need to run easy you know there are a lot of easy runs that we need to do and all the time all what, the
1: time. Does that, what does easy mean
0: Okay, so a conversational pace, the easiest way to describe an easy, easy run is where you can run and maintain a conversation, just like I'm maintaining a conversation with you right now. (laughs) So that's an easy run. If I'm running so hard that I can barely breathe and I can't get out two words, then I'm running too hard. So there are days for that. There are days for speed work that can help me get faster. There are days for a race pace run that's gonna help me internalize what my race pace needs to be. But there are lots of days when we need to run easy. And I do find that many people think if I don't, if I run that slow, how am I gonna get faster? And they, it just takes a while for them to pay attention, listen to some advice, Read a little bit about aerobic, <laughs> aerobic activity and what we need to do in order to aerobically change our bodies and build the mitochondria, get that oxygen pumping into our muscles. You know, if we're running fast all the time, you're prone for injury, you know, and you're just going to burn yourself out. If you don't get injured, injured, you're going to get burned out. So, uh, so pretty much um. That's the understanding that a lot of people don't have is that those easy runs need to be easy. And, and what I see is that people run them too hard and that's how they get injured. Well, I felt really good that day. Well, I don't care if you felt that good that day, that's too fast. You don't need to be going that fast. Well, how am I going to get faster if I don't run fast? Just trust me, trust me, trust the plan. It'll work.
1: And build that. <laughs> Once you kind of- you know, get used to more and more running, um, and kind of have that training and you've done some races, you know, um, you know, running is, like any, like a lot of sports or like anything in life, it's very, can be very mental. Yes. Um, so is that something that, you know, you found a lot of folks? I mean, because I know, you know, running marathons like you, you know, um, you know, there's that wall, even if you're an experienced runner, you still kind of hit it where, you know, around mile 18 or 20 or 24 or whatever you you're thinking, okay, I'm just exhausted. I'm tired. Your body can kind of keep moving, but like, you're just, you want to stop and kind of just lay down or whatever. So, um, how do you suggest folks that you kind of push through? I mean, are there, are there. Techniques that you use? Do you have mantras or stuff that that you to kind of like cross the finish line and feel feel good?
0: I I honestly have a hard time with that myself sometimes,
1: you know, so um,
0: but positive self-talk. That's that's one of the main things. Um, I mean, I know I can do it. I know I can do it, but I let my head get in the way. Even during training runs, I let my head get in the way. You know, I'm starting to feel bad. This run really sucks. Or I get, or just going out there in the morning before I even start my run. It's like, I don't want to do this today. So, I mean, a lot of the key is positive self-talk. Listening to music helps. I don't do that enough. I run in groups and we talk a lot. So, Um, I don't listen to music as much as a lot of people, um, but that does help. Um, And a lot of it actually during race on race day has to do with the encouragement from a crowd or just an encouragement for somebody running by you. You know, hey, you got this. You got this, you know. And there's so many times where I want to tell myself I don't have it. But then I see somebody else that's struggling and I'm going to grab onto that person and say, hey, you got this. Come on, I can do this you can do this. Let's go. You know? Um, so, I mean, a lot of it is just, um, I I don't, I can't say I have any mantra that I, that I use. I wish I did. Um, (laughs) I really do wish I did. (laughs) Um, but a lot of it is just, you know, understanding that every run is not going to be perfect. Every race is not going to be perfect, you know? Um, but I know, um, I have goals, and in order for me to reach my goals, in order for me to help somebody else reach their goals, um, I got to be happy about it. And that's that's how I that years ago I, mean, I always said I, I'm, I'm. Everybody would say, "Oh, you're always smiling, you're always happy." I'm like, "That's my motto: Run happy," you know. And and um, and and it, it works. It works. And if I if I I make a choice to be happy. I make a choice to be miserable. And if I make a choice that I'm going to be miserable during that run or during that race, then that's going to happen. So I have to turn it around and tell myself, Hey, Pam, you can do this. You know, I, you did this in your training run. Yeah. I knew you can do this.
1: So, <laughs> turn that turn around upside. Yeah. the power yeah, yeah,
0: Exactly. Thanks. You know, and it, and it's important just, you know, to, to stay hydrated and and to use proper nutrition, you know, you, you need to, you need that fuel, you know, you have to have the proper fuel. And, um, and so I, I prefer not to use, you know, sugary products or anything like that. So I use a, um, a long um, extended release, you know, slow release carbohydrate that doesn't give me all those sugar spikes and crashes. It's called UCAN and it's made from corn, not a bunch of sugar and I don't get all those spikes and crashes, it lasts me a really long time. So I don't have to keep taking it over and over and over during a race. But that's what helps me get through is to make sure that I use proper nutrition um, to get me through that race. And, and I encourage other people to do the same. You know, that's the only thing that we sell in our store. And um, that's what helps me get to the finish line.
1: You know, speaking of that, speaking of nutrition, some people run, and, and I'll include myself in this, so that you know you can enjoy your life, enjoy eating, and not you know, and you're kind of burning calories, and then you're putting them back, and that kind of thing. Do you find that yourself, or for maybe for other runners that like, hey, you know, I want to be able to, I want to run a lot so that I can eat and not have mm-hmm. to like diet and like restrict myself and eating, because obviously, you know, if you're running a lot of miles and training, you need those. Those kind of, so do you find that a lot that food is a, a motivation? Maybe you can go overboard with that as well.
0: Um, I can't say that I go overboard, but I enjoy my food. I mean, <laughs> I I've, I've never. I mean, I'd rather eat my calories than drink my calories. Um, and I find that I mean, I pretty much eat whatever I want. I mean, right before race, you know, I'm I'm a little more on target, um, but. I've never found that I've limited myself nor gone overboard everything in moderation, you know, try to, you know, get all the major food groups that I need to a lot of protein, a lot of carbohydrates, you know, and, and because I don't use a sugary fuel um, my body can fuel off of fat. Cause when you put that sugar into your body, when you're running, your body's going to take that sugar first and use it for fuel. So if your body can fuel off of fat for as long as you possibly can, then you're there is no wall if you fuel properly and you can burn fat. Um, and because we have a whole lot of fat calories that we can burn as opposed to the sugar calories. So yeah. so so with are using that sugar, once it's gone, that's where your wall comes in. So if you can fuel as long as you can on fat, then you can push that wall back.
1: Yeah, that's smart. That's smart. And, and, you know, with, with running or in, in anything in life, the why, um, you know, some people, you know, kind of in terms of why they run, maybe they want to be an example for their kids or for, for other people. Maybe there's something like where they feel like that, like, you know, prayerfully, they want to take care of their body and, and their, you know, that the Bible says the body is a temple. So for you, you know, what is, um, what is your motivation in terms of where do you draw strength, you know, and in, in terms of why do you keep, you know, because some people say, you know, why do you run, you know, and that kind of thing. And so for you, what do you have like a, a certain why or something that like where maybe when times are tough mile, you know, 25 or whatever, where you draw that strength?
0: Um, I mean, i I run for fitness. I, I'm, I'm 58 now. I'll be, well, I'll be 58 in a couple of weeks. So, I mean, my main motivation for running is fitness. Um, I do also go to the gym a couple of times a week. So I do cross cross train. Um, But I think right now, a lot of my why is to help other people. Mm -hmm. I really, I really do believe that, you know, because I mean, I run for the Georgia run for the fallen because I want to be out there and support gold star families. I run in groups at my store because I want to be there to motivate other runners. I run in groups to train because I want to be there to motivate and support other runners. Um, It's nice when I have somebody else. You know, what doesn't happen very often is for somebody to push me. I mean, I should hire a coach to push me. But a lot of times I'm the one that's out there saying, hey, come on, you got this. You got this. Let's do one more repeat. You know, you're doing great. Your speed's great. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'll tell one quick story about that. Not so long ago, when we were training for Chicago, um, we do speed work Tuesday mornings. I run at 4.45 every, every day when I run. And we started a little speed work group on Tuesdays. And one of my friends was out there. He finished his workout before I did. And I'm struggling through my last few repeats. And he came up and he ran next to me. And he pushed me, you know, through three more repeats. And, and I crushed it. I mean, I, I, I did amazing. And he's like, come on, man, you got this, you got this, you got this. And it didn't click until later that day when I was sitting in my office and I got really emotional about it. And I had to call him. I'm like, Josh, I'm so used to doing that for other people. I don't get that. Thank you. Thank you for pushing me for a change because it was just so nice for somebody else to be out there saying, hey Pam, you got this, you got this. And I mean during a training run. During a race, people are out there cheering you on, that kind of thing. But to have somebody else motivate you to do better during training, that felt really good to me. So that made me understand that if I can push somebody else like that, that I think that they appreciate that as well, you know, and and that's a lot of my why, you know, just yep. Being a big part of the community is a huge part of my why.
1: Yeah, the running community, for, uh, happy, crazy people.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes.
1: Anyway, um, we've got the Chicago Marathon coming up in less than a week. Um, so, um, are you excited, nervous, uh, you know, have certain goals in mind because I, and, you know, we're still in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic and there's certain it's, it, the races don't look exactly how they used to look in terms of mm-hmm. big, huge crowds together. Um, but, uh, are you, this is your first time doing this. So it's, it's, uh, going to be a new experience for you regardless.
0: So I, I'm, I'm excited and nervous. <laughs> I'm nervous <laughs> about going to Chicago. I'm always nervous when it comes to a big race, um, but I'm excited. I want to see what I got. You know, I mean, my training has gone well. Um, it hasn't been 100%. I've had bad days, um, but I think it's good enough to get me where I want to be. Um, I don't know if I'll set a PR. I would like to. I mean, I'm looking forward to a flat course. Um so I mean, most of the ones that I've done, are have been hilly and New York's got a lot of bridges and hills. And that was my PR. So but that was a few years ago, too. So, you know, I'm hoping if I can do what I did in New York, I can hopefully do it on a flat course in Chicago. So but but I'm excited. I'm always excited to go to a new city and check it out and be a tourist for a little bit, too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It'll be a lot of fun. And and it's good to have races back now in 2020 versus last year, right? Oh, my
0: goodness. Yes. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Mm
1: -hmm. When it's good for like, you know, like people that like come to you for advice or people that come to the running store. I mean, because having that carrot, that goal or that race that you put on the calendar that you pay for that really can make a big impact, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, you, you start your training cycle with your, your goal set on that race, you know, whether it's just across the finish line, whether it's to go and have fun with your friends at a new location, that kind of thing, or whether it is to see what you can do. Um, You, you, you work for it for 18 weeks. So, I mean, it's, it's a whole lot of work and, you know, when you get to this taper this last couple of weeks, you know, it's like, oh, am I going to be ready? I'm not running hard anymore, you know, but I know my body needs the taper. My body needs to recover. Um, but, you know, we we set our goals as soon as we sign up for that race. So it's a whole lot of buildup and a whole lot of excitement. So I, I don't want to let myself down.
1: <laughs> yeah, they call it that. Paper madness. You start. You start getting these. Uh, they call it these uh, kind of uh, where certain parts of your body start feeling like, oh my, am, am I injured now? Or it's kind of this false sense of like doubting yourself. So, uh, yeah. but, but Pam, we wish you all the best. I know you're going to crush Chicago and do awesome there, and, and good luck on the future majors and, and uh, the how to run uh, um, running store there in Savannah. You, sounds like you, you've got your hands and you're an accountant too. So, I mean. Yeah. You, you got, <laughs> Wear like 10 different hats, you know, so. I
0: wear a lot of hats, a lot. And then, and we do a lot of community work too. So through our team RWB, we go out and we do a lot of community service for, for veterans. We have one particular veteran, a disabled veteran that we go to his house and do yard work and do repairs on his house and things like that. So we just, I just picked up a water heater the other day that we're going to give him, get him a new water heater. We put in a driveway, built a deck, Took down sheds, constantly doing yard work, so I got a lot on my plate. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, that's that's good training. Uh, looking forward to now that i in person, um, and you know, maybe uh, maybe who knows, maybe I'll join you guys for the Georgia run to the fall of next year. So, oh,
0: that would be so awesome! So <laughs> awesome! I got your number now, so I can, <laughs> I can get back in touch with you when it's time and say, come on out.
1: Yeah. Or well, thanks very much. Uh, and, And good luck to you.
0: Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you. All right. Safe travels.
0: Okay. Thank you. And good luck on your marathon, too.
1: And some very important things she had to say about, you know, you know especially when you start off running or maybe you think you're good at it and you, you're going out too fast too often or running too far, especially starting off when you just want to start off with a mile or two, um, that can really hurt you not only physically with injuries, but can hurt you mentally. You can say, you know, this hurts. I really don't want to run. I don't like to run. That happens with a lot of folks. So take it easy. That's the important word here easy effort uh, you know really they say 80 or 90 percent of your run should be easy conversational pace and uh, just do that little bit of speed work sprinkle it in and uh, then you will get faster you will get better and you will enjoy running so some good advice from uh, Pam how we appreciate her uh, coming on the run the race podcast now to our final segments like I promised you before I'm gonna sing a little bit of song or rap a little bit uh, for uh, stuck in my head I also have a parting gift that has to do with uh, the miles that you run and, and what you learn and this song uh, that may get stuck in your head is uh, the distance uh, by the uh, alternative rock band from America cake Uh, this was released back in 1996 so about 25 years ago uh it was from the album fashion nugget and it's really considered the band's one of their most if not most popular song it was written by the band's guitarist at the time greg brown and one of their uh band members said this is a song about success and failure and really failure of success so here's a little bit of of me uh given giving my best effort on this As they speed through the finish, the flags go down, the fans go up, and they get out of town. The arena is empty except for one man still driving and striving as fast as he can. The sun has gone down and the moon has come up. And long ago, somebody left with the cup. But he's driving and striving and hugging the turns and thinking of someone for whom he still burns. He's going the distance. He's going for speed. She's all alone. In time of need, because he's racing and pacing and plotting the course, he's fighting and biting and riding on his horse, he's going the distance. There you go. See, so I didn't really have to sing. It's kind of more of a, a rap saying the lyrics there. So, uh, you know, that was probably a little better than my uh, past singing. So I uh, appreciate you uh, um, kind of uh, letting me do that. Um, so and then now for our parting gift, some inspiration to close out the podcast. Uh, this comes from Rod DeHaven, who's from uh, Palo Alto, California, currently the head men's and women's cross-country coach at South Dakota State University. He's been doing that job for about a decade now. Uh, and interesting uh, fact about him, uh, he is the only athlete to represent the U.S. at the marathon at the 2000 Summer Olympics in Sydney, so a uh, pretty fast guy. He, he uh, does you know, can do half marathons in just over an hour. takes me just under two hours, so th- there you go for that. Um, so Rod Dehaven, this is a quote from him, our parting gift. He says, "I've learned that it's what you do with the miles rather than how many you've run. So it's it's not it's about quality over quantity. You know, it's not just about you know um, that that number, how much you've run, but what you do with those. And uh, running for a cause is so important. You know, when you these races, you know, kind of donate or do things for a certain cause or a nonprofit, or you want you know you raise money." Uh, to maybe get into the Boston Marathon or for, uh, you know, Leukemia Lymphoma Society to go run the Disney Marathon. And like, you know, Pam and and her crew did, uh, did run for the fallen and raising some money and really raising awareness about all these Gold Star families that need our support in the military that have uh, done so much for us. So uh, that's our parting gift. Now closing out in prayer dear God just uh thank you for the ability to run or whatever we do in life and uh just thank you for the opportunity to just um, you know uh, to be healthy and to, to strive to to get better physically, mentally, and spiritually. Uh, we look to your word. Uh, we, we know that in the darkness uh, that maybe we feel sometimes or the world feels like sometimes that uh, you are our light. Uh, you are the freedom uh, that, that we strive, uh, that we want, that void that maybe we feel sometimes on a daily or, or yearly basis. And uh, God, just uh, thank you for all you do for us, and uh, we lift you up, and uh, thank you for... Um, just everything you do for blessing us each and every day with jobs, uh, families, and uh, the gifts that you give us. You your name we pray, amen. Uh, thank you so much again for uh, for being here, and um, you know I'm looking forward to just in, a, in a, you know we're talking about Pam running the Chicago Marathon in just about two and a half weeks from now. I will be running my next marathon, state number 16, as I try to cross them off. Going to California for uh, hopefully it doesn't get canceled by COVID. The San Diego Rock and Roll Marathon. I got some family and friends out there. I'm going to go see as well. So I'll have a race report for you um, if not the end of this month, probably in early November. So look forward to that, and our next guest is an abortion survivor. We're going to talk about some serious issues here and about how uh, faith relates to that very controversial issue. And, and uh, you know, because, uh, you know, abortions definitely making the headlines today. So you'll definitely want to stay tuned for that episode next week. But until next time, hope you guys have a very blessed time with your family, friends and co-workers.